The following message is a teaching by Dr. Jason DeRoshi, professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find more information about Jason at www.jasonderoshi.com. I welcome you to our very last day in the book of Isaiah, at least for now. (laughs) 53 messages that God's let us walk through in the last two and a half years. Today, my hope is that God would grant that we can get a big lens picture of the servant Savior as Isaiah saw him, at least as Isaiah portrayed him. I think we see him better now than Isaiah saw him then. And to do so, we're going to start by looking at a number of texts, each of you in your own rows. So you're going to have to snuggle a little bit, um, and it's going to be two texts per row. You're going to read through your passage and just make some observations together, and then we're going to come back to the large group, and you're just going to call things out. What you see portrayed about the servant Savior, and then I will do my best to bring a summary to it all. So here's our texts, six of them, and we are going to just do, well, rather than two per row, we'll just do one per row, okay? So there's six texts. I'm just going to number the rows, and that's your assignment, okay? One, two, three, four with Steve and Kim, five, six, one, Terry, two, three, Chris, your row is three, four, five, six, one, and two. So take your number as a, as a whole row. Read through your text, and you could read through it in smaller groups and then be able to talk, or if you can all fit together, then talk, and then we're going to come back together and see what we have seen. All right, let's come back together. Now, we will open this up with complete randomness. All I want is for you to uh, let us know which chapter you're going to comment on. So, 11, 50, 42, and then just share with me how Isaiah envisions the Messiah. Okay? Anybody from anywhere? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. 
filled with the Holy Spirit. So here, it's, it's like he's a temple. Where he goes, the Spirit of God is. Here, he is like a king working justice. Okay, healing people and land in 32. Great, thank you. In 32, he brings security. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. Brings security and satisfaction. I assume that's security and satisfaction to those associated with him? Okay, those willing to accept being in his hiding place. Okay, so he's he's establishing justice and it's not just the statement that the Spirit is upon him, but it's specifically for a task. Does it describe what task it is? Pardon? Okay, good. Object of extreme humiliation. At the hands of whom? Object of humiliation at hands of at the hands of sinners. But what's also intriguing about Isaiah fifty three? It was God's will to crush him. So it's object of humiliation both at the hands of sinners and God. To what end in Isaiah 53? Okay. Substitution. He takes the punishment due sinners upon himself and his righteousness gets counted to them. There was a hand up here in the front. Um, Words of peace, chapter 11. He, Similarly, it says the animals, but symbolically Okay, he's working peace. Um, in the end, there would be no more death. Working peace to the end of there being no death. Beautiful. All the way in the back. That's you. To build on the 52-53, we notice the contrast between the 
that's an amazing list. So the messiahs, I won't get them all, despised, rejected, experiences sorrows, he's crushed, he's oppressed, he experiences anguish, all to the end that he brings peace, he brings healing, he accounts those for whom he worked, the many, accounts them righteous. So standing, raising up the tribes of Jacob and standing as a light for the nations, it's summarized then, in order that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. So what this is, what this is about is the Messiah operating as Savior to the ends of the earth. Very good. And, and in 52.13, he'll be high and lifted up, exalted. When we looked at that text, we were like, does this mean exalted at the cross or exalted in triumph as king? And then we recalled that that exact same phrase was used in Isaiah 6. I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. So it seems as though that even before we enter into this, this extended unit of tribulation, it, it begins with the vision, this is where it's going. It's his ultimate triumph. And exaltation. Whoa, Brother Bill. So this garden imagery that's associated a shoot from the stump, a root. So he's both the root and the shoot from the stump. It's, it's what gives rise to Jesse. It's what comes from Jesse. So And Jesse is David's father. So imagery that's filled with fruitfulness, garden language, um, from the line of David. Irina. Chapter 50. Obedient to his father's will, even to the point of death. Love it. He's the Redeemer. The Holy One of Israel. 
Okay, a gentleness that brings forth justice. That's beautiful. What was it that pointed there? Okay. Good. Yes. <laughs> Great imagery. So he turns the world right side up. So great reversals. Good. Um, not crushed to the point of discourage to the point of discouragement, right? To the to the in, in such a way that it stops him from fulfilling his God given task. specific details regarding the nature of his persecution. So he's despised and yet also exalted. Yes, yes. Kings will worship him, the very one that his own people rejected. Last, uh, maybe not the last one. What chapter? 
He sustains the weary with a word. All the way in the back. So, through his working justice, he'll bring peace. I know I wrote something like that somewhere. Chapter 11, through justice, he'll bring peace. One more, Chris. So, spirit upon him to be a covenant for the people, to open eyes and ears. Very good. That's right. That's right. So, he's actually going to reverse the judgment of Isaiah. Isaiah's preaching ministry is one that brings blindness. Keep looking, but don't see. Keep listening, but don't hear. He will come and overcome that curse with blessing. Now, we could keep going, and we will somewhat, but through my guidance. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. As we walk through this, I just, I just want God's Spirit to be working in us and encouraging us in the midst of our own need. So let's pray to that end. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for this 66-chapter book. We've only scratched the surface in two and a half years, and yet you've let us taste and see that you are good. We have seen the King in His beauty. And I ask that you would help us now as we overview to let our hearts be encouraged in such a way that it changes our disposition and nurtures hope. That we might find encouragement from these Scriptures that moves us to persevere in our trust in you our commitment to say no to sin and yes to surrender. In Christ I ask, amen. As I walked through the book, I, um, was pondering how to put all this together, and this certainly is not the only way, and it's no claim to the best way, but it is one way that I saw all these things that we just mentioned on here, how could we group them, and uh, potentially here's one way. In Jesus, we know that he is the ultimate Adam, a prophet like Moses, the seed of Abraham, the offspring of David, and the fulfiller of the new covenant. He is the one who embodies all Old Testament hopes, In Jesus, anticipation moves to realization. And so I want us to see how this figure, this servant savior that Isaiah is celebrating, 
is portrayed as the one bringing about the ultimate end of each of those major figures that I just mentioned. Number one, the figure that is lifted up, the Jesus that is portrayed in this book, is viewed as one in some ways like a new Adam, associated with a new creation. So look at my list. He's a fruitful child. He's one who brings prosperity and productivity. He's one who is formed, chosen, called, favored, and helped by God. He's one who will bring glory to God as an ultimate image bearer, reflecting, resembling, representing God perfectly like Adam was supposed to. And he's like a young plant or a root that appears it won't grow and yet ultimately does. Here's a couple texts. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, a branch from his roots is going to bear fruit. The garden of God in Adam has become like a desolation, according to Isaiah chapter 1. In Isaiah 6, the people are portrayed like a forest that God will burn and then burn again so that all that's left, all of Israel gets boiled down to one single stump. And then it says the holy seed. Christ himself is the stump. It's as if Israel gets boiled down to one person. He is the new man, the one who brings the new creation. Out of him gets birthed a new garden of God that will fill the earth. The Lord comforts Zion in his day. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden. That's what we're seeing here. A vision of a new creation that's being birthed out of this single person. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. Number two. In recollection of the promises to Abraham, that through you, Abraham, this global curse will get overcome by blessing. That God will enter into your pain, your distance from Him, your separation from Him, and He will make a way for you to enjoy reconciliation with God so that you can move from enemy to friend, enjoying a relationship once again of reconciled peace and hope and delight. These are images associated with the Abrahamic covenant. He's an Abrahamic blessing figure who will stand as a covenant not simply for the people, singular, but for the nations, plural. That's Abraham-focused. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. He enjoys and bestows God's presence and blessing. It's to the patriarchs that God declares, I will be with you. And he's worshipped and exalted by the nations. I'll pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I'll pour my spirit out upon your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Who's the your? It's the servant, Savior, representative of Israel. It's too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I'll make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach 
to the ends of the earth. He is the agent through whom the Abrahamic promises gain their fulfillment. Number three, he's a mosaic prophetic figure who leads Israel in a second exodus. Like the prophets, he's despised by his people. He experiences both discouragement and hope. And he is the agent that will bring a second exodus leading not simply a Jewish people, but an, a radically, ethnically diverse group from the nations into a world of bounty and flourishing. In that day, the root of Jesse, in that day, Isaiah 11, in the day of the spirit-empowered king who brings global peace, in that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, plural, people in Isaiah, of the Jewish people, peoples is always broader. He'll stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire. Who is he? We want to be by him. And his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand, his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamat, from the coastlands of the sea. He's going to draw in a remnant of Jews. And yet, he will, this individual, will be a signal for the nations. He'll assemble the banished of Israel and gather the dispersed ones from Judah from the four corners of the earth. And there will be a highway from Assyria, the very region of exile, a highway for the remnant that remains of His people as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. There's this bringing together in this prophecy of the nations and the the Jewish people drawing them together with, with this imagery of a second exodus. That's what the servant Savior will do. He'll be a prophet like Moses, but better. Number four, he's a Davidic royal priestly prophetic figure. David is all those things. When we read the story of David... And God promises that there will be a king on the throne who will, whom God will say, I will be a father to him and he will be my son and his throne will last forever. David is elevated and portrayed in Samuel, not simply as a king, but as a prophet. He's one who predicts the future and foresees the Messiah through song. And he's one who operates as a priest. He's not even the line of the Levites, and yet he's building altars, he's wearing the ephod. And in this one Isianic figure, the servant Savior, he, he gathers all these images associated with kingship. So I, I write on number four, he's one who works righteousness, justice, and peace like a king would do, like a king ought to do. And he has a law. He's a Davidic figure. He's tagged. 
and he's a world ruler. So not just overseeing one people, he's overseeing a, an ingathered, reconstituted people made up of some from the nations. He represents Israel. In fact, in Isaiah 49, he bears Israel's name. He's a God's servant Israel person who will save God's servant Israel people. But not just them, also the nations. He represents Israel and bears a mission to save both the remnant of Israel and the nations. He surrendered to God and he hopes in God. So like a king who has the word of God, according to Deuteronomy 17, he's never supposed to replace the Lord, he represents the Lord. He has his own copy of the Torah, he reads from it day and night, so that the fear of God is generated in him, so that he will not lift his... um, lift himself up over his countrymen, but will reign and rule in the fear of the Lord so that his kingdom might extend long. That's the portrait of this king in this book. He's upright and he's declared righteous before God. He's one worthy of obedience as a response of fearing Yahweh. He's a willing substitutionary sacrifice that atones for the sins of many nations and makes many righteous. This is the priestly component. And he's the object of the Lord's wrath in order to claim an offspring, prolong his days, and see the will of the Lord prosper in his hand. A Davidic figure. Here's some texts. Of the increase of his government and of this peace, there will be no end. The government will will just be ever-expanding. It couldn't get any bigger. The strength of His kingdom. And it'll be matched by a, a universal, global peace. Nothing against it. No tensions. No frictions. That's the kingdom He is building. Peace in one soul. Peace one to another. Peace between man and God. Peace at every level. It will just continue to expand on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold the throne of David with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and in an unending, unstoppable way forevermore. The zeal of Yahweh of hosts will do this. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied by his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant. He knows what he's doing when he goes to the cross. And in turn, he will make many, many nations to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. And finally, number six, number five rather, I think, number five. The servant savior of Isaiah is God. He is a divine figure. His very name is God with us. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. This this child king who will rise, born of a woman, out of a virgin's womb, this child king will rise and bear the very identity of God Himself. When we see Him, we declare God with us. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince 
of peace. He enjoys the very presence of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of righteousness and the fear of the Lord. It just rests upon him. And where he goes, God is. If you can meet him, you've met the Lord. And as you encounter him, this book testifies that the very Spirit's presence that rests upon him, he brings to others. He's tagged the very arm of God. And everywhere in the book where we see God operating with his arm, reaching all the way back to the first exodus and leading the new exodus, all with his strong right arm. In Isaiah 53, that arm is personified. It is the very one who suffers on behalf of the many. To us, a child is born. A child king out of a virgin's womb who's embodying God with us. To us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. A very son of the living God. And the government that will be ever-expanding will will rest upon His shoulders. He has very broad shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. The one who guides all things, directs all things. By His will, everything is upheld perfectly. Wonderful in counsel. Mighty God, in chapter 10, that's applied to Yahweh. Now it's applied here to the very person, the Son Himself. Everlasting Father. Remember, Abraham was to be a father of a multitude of nations. This is His representative. We are His offspring, according to Isaiah 53. Now, at times He's called brother. He's our brother, he's our king, but here he's our father, and the bride is Jerusalem, and we are the offspring of this union. Come, and I will show you the bride of the Lamb, and he showed me Jerusalem, where our names, it is written, you were born there, you were born there, an offspring of the Lamb and of his bride. Prince of Peace, the ultimate ruler who's here to answer every need, to bring ultimate reconciliation, satisfaction, serenity. He's the prince who accomplishes all of it. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of Yahweh. And when we see Him, we will be like Him. When we encounter Him, He says, you encounter the very living God. If you've seen Me, you have seen the Father. So how I want to end is 
the very rows that you were just in, I want to take five minutes. I just want to pray. I want us to pray together out of these texts, out of that list. Just recall what you saw and just give praise to the servant Savior for who He is. Plead to the servant Savior to show Himself this way in the midst of your need or the need of someone that you know of. Just act this text, and then in five minutes we're going to come back together and we're going to sing. So this will be our response. But let's just let this room erupt with prayers of praise and prayers of petition for the servant Savior who has come and who will come again to realize who He is on our behalf. Let's pray. All right. Why don't we stand together and sing? You have a sheet. It has the music. I'm going to change the words a little bit up here on the screen. A refuge for the poor, a shelter from the storm. This is our God. He will wipe away your tears and return your wasted years. This is our God. So call upon His name. He is mighty to save. This is our God. Father to the orphan, a healer to the broken, this is our God. He brings peace to our madness and comfort in our sadness, this is our God. So call upon his name. He is mighty to save. This is our God. This is the one we have waited for. This is the one we have waited for. This is the one we have waited for. Jesus, Lord and Savior, this is our God, a fountain for the thirsty, a lover for the lonely, This is our God. He brings glory to the humble and crowns for the faithful. This is our God. So call upon his name. He is mighty to save. This is our God.
So call upon his name. He is mighty to save. This is our God. This is the one we have waited for. You are the one we have waited for. You are the one we have waited for. Jesus, Lord and Savior. This is our God. To you, Redeemer, Holy One, Servant, Savior, we give praise. We thank you that you have brought good news to us, happiness and hope, peace and reconciliation, all because you reign. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. You obeyed even to the point of death, death on a cross. And now your Father has highly exalted you and your name is higher than all. We thank you that you count us offspring, children, that you've given us new birth certificates, that this place is not our home, but we have a home awaiting us, Jerusalem that is above, that will come to earth, that will be all in all, and we long for that day. Grant, O King of Kings, grant us persevering trust in you. Hold our hearts. Thank you that You've declared us righteous. You've taken our iniquities, that you are truly 100% for us already. We rest reconciled to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we put our hope in him this day. Through Jesus we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the ministry of Dr. Jason DeRoshi, professor of Old Testament and Biblical Theology at Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Jason DeRoshi. For more information on Bethlehem College and Seminary, we invite you to visit online at www.bcsmn.edu. For more information on Dr. DeRoshi, visit online at www.jasonderoshi.com. Proclaiming the Kingdom and treasuring a God who reigns, saves, and satisfies through covenant for His glory in Christ.